So he doesn't mind you pursuing greatness. He just want to make sure, hey, is this the right definition of greatness? And he even said, what is the point of a man winning the whole world but losing your soul? Hey, Remnant, welcome to the podcast, episode 13. Love seeing all of the new listeners and subscribers jumping on. This whole podcast is designed to help men. We want to help you be a better leader, be a better father, be a better husband. And so we'll always have different types of content on it. And today, it's a message from a Remnant night. It's from Pastor Marco de Barros called Ghost Status. This is a really, really cool message where he kind of challenges and helps to redefine what the definition of greatness and success is in our lives. He starts off by reading in Luke where Jesus and the disciples have this interaction about greatness. It says this in Luke 9, 46 to 48, the Bible says, an argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning in their hearts, took a child and put him by his side. And he said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is the least among you all is the one who is great. Let's listen together. Ghost status, Pastor Marco de Barros. Let's jump in. You know, I got five kids. I got three boys two girls. And right now, two of my boys are playing basketball and I'm coaching them. My older son is 14 and my middle son is 12. So we talk basketball all the time. Like in my house, we wake up to sports center. Like that's how in it we are, especially my 14 year old, man. He Lives, breathes, basketball. I think he believes he's going to be the next Steph Curry. And so we spend every single day talking about basketball. And of course, the GOAT conversation comes up every other day. Who is the GOAT? Right? Who is the GOAT? It has to be Jordan, right? Problem is, he grew up in the LeBron era. Right? Which to me, it's like, that's the JV era of basketball. Like if you watch 90s basketball, that's the varsity era of the NBA. Now we're watching the JV era, but I digress. <laughs> he said, preach it. <laughs> but we are, we love sports and we love basketball and I'm coaching it. Man, I think I'm having more fun than they are. You know, the other day I had a moment coaching a freshman game, and it was a couple of questionable calls. So I'm starting to get a little agitated. So it got to the point, we're getting killed, so I just spoke up, and this ref did not take it lightly. Not only did he not take it lightly, he came towards me. And he said to me, and I quote, if you don't sit down, things are not going to go well for you. In that moment, I had to make a split decision. Do I honor Jesus right now? Or does the old me comes out? Because you don't tell a grown man things ain't going to go well for you. Because I, I, I was like, am I being punked? Just like... My whole family's sitting right behind me on the bed. I'm like, yo, I got a moment here where things could go left really, really quick. A grown man just told me things ain't gonna go well for you, and I got questions. 
So I did the most sensible thing. I sat down. <laughs> I had to sit down. So I was like, yo, the old me was coming out in that moment. But we love it. We love basketball. It's, I, I'm passionate about it. You know, we, we talk about it every single day. We know my son comes up with crazy stats now because these kids now, man, it's like, what are we talking about? You know, like you, you guys go into stats that I don't even, doesn't even matter. LeBron's the GOAT because of longevity? I'm like, since when does that make you the GOAT? Because of longevity. That makes no sense. Try going 6-0 in the finals. You know what I mean? Like, that's what makes you the GOAT. But it's interesting to me that here, right, the disciples are obsessed with the conversation. That blows my mind. Like, here's these dudes, right, walking with Jesus, and they're asking, who is the GOAT? Which is fascinating because here they are in the presence of the goat, asking who is the goat. You're talking about being clueless. <laughs> Not just that, but like if you look at the whole context, Jesus just talked to them about what was about to go down. He's like, man, listen, we're getting close to Jerusalem, right? I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be tried. I'm going to die. And their response is, yo, who's the goat though? This is when I knew disciples were teenagers. Only teenagers would respond to a serious moment like, okay, but who's the goat? Here's what I love about Jesus, though. I, I would expect a rebuke right now, right? Because he just came from teaching them very serious, like, hey, listen, this is it. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be tried. I'm going to be killed. And they turn their attention to themselves and says, but, but who's the goat, right? And Jesus, knowing this, I'm thinking, hey, this is a great moment for a rebuke. Well, what he doesn't do is rebuke them. What he does, he redirects them. He redirects their focus. In other words, Jesus doesn't mind them talking about being the greatest. He's saying, I just need you to redirect your perspective of what it means to be great. Which, which I think that's what we need, my friends. Because the truth is, God created you for greatness. Problem is, we just have the wrong perspective of what greatness is. We just have the wrong idea of what actually it means to be great. So who is the goat? Like he's he's like, man, yeah, let's talk about that. Because I want to redirect your focus. I want to redirect your attention of what it actually means to be great. And Jesus does not mind that conversation because he created you for greatness. The problem is when you don't have the right perspective of greatness, the thing you think is great is actually mediocre. The thing that you think is the greatest thing on the face of the planet might be nothing compared to what Jesus actually had in mind for what greatness is. Paul, the apostle Paul, the great man, right? says this, right? He says, man, I got to meet Jesus, and then I put my resume next to him, and it compares to, and I'm not exaggerating this. Look it up in the Greek. He says it compares to poop. Yes, true story. Right? He says rubbish, which means poop in Greek, basically. He said, man, I thought I was great, and I thought I reached greatness status. Man, man, I was like a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I learned from the best of the best of my perspective of learning. Like I, I was, in a lot of people's perspective, a great man. And then I meet Jesus. And Jesus redirected my perspective of what it means to be great. 
There's a lot of definition of greatness out there. But I think the greatest definition comes from the great one. Because if you look at Jesus, just from a human standpoint, just for, as, a, as a man, man, he is the definition of greatness. A lot of times I think we miss Jesus because, because people just kind of like oversees that and just says, oh, he's Jesus, son of God. No, no, you got to look at him, Jesus as a man. Matter of fact, the title that he liked preferred from himself was son of man. Right? Talk about son of humanity. Like, I'm full flesh and blood. For 33 years, walked the earth and showed us what greatness looks like. I mean, come on. You got to be great to save the world with your hands tied. <laughs> well, you got to be great to take it all in and be like, is this, is this all you got? I'll take it all for you. That's greatness in a nutshell. Like, like you want to be great, learn to take it. Like, this, this, this dude was on another level great. So great that when he came to be arrested, he said, he said, I am he. And they, they all withdrew back because of his greatness, because of his power that is in him. He even said, he says, hey, you thinking you're taking my life from me? No, I'm giving my life. Greatness is giving your life, not being taken away from you. So he's like, yeah, I don't mind you talking about greatness. Let's just redefine it. Let's refocus what greatness actually is. Because if you don't do that, you might be settling for something that you think is great, but it's actually poop. Because there's nothing worse than living an entire life with your letter leaning against the wrong wall. Which, it, which is it's one of the greatest frustrations of man, right? It's to pursue something and then at the end have nothing to show for it. Because we thought that's what greatness actually is. I've sat with people in their vocabulary, life looked good, and it was great. And other people would say, man, that's great. And then I sit with them, and they tell you I'm miserable. I'm frustrated. I've sat with millionaires who are sad. Jesus says that your eyes are the windows to your soul. Sad, why? Because the pursuit of greatness, according to them, led them to this place. So he doesn't mind you pursuing greatness. He just want to make sure, hey, is this the right definition of greatness? Is this the right definition of greatness? Because you might be leaning against the wrong wall here. And he even said, he says, what is the point of a man winning the whole world but losing your soul in the process? See, every time someone reads that, if you read that with the wrong context, you're thinking, oh, man, he's talking about going to hell. No, he's talking about living hell on earth. How many dudes you know are living hell on earth right now? Because they have the wrong pursuit of greatness. I grew up with the wrong pursuit of greatness. I, I grew up with the pursuit of greatness that if you're, if you're a dude, you, you, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to man up. If you're a dude, you're supposed to show that you're a dude by having two, three chicks. If you're a dude, you're supposed to do all of that. And then you do all of that and you find out, man, I'm just empty. But because we're all empty, we, we have to all put on a front. That we're good. And then you meet greatness. And he redefines everything that you thought was greatness. So part of becoming great is to unlearn. In order to learn greatness the right way. And that takes time. Because you cannot microwave greatness. See, everybody wants 
quickly. Give me micro. That's why a lot of these kids we see highlights, but they don't realize that Curry doesn't just shoot threes on the spot. He's been shooting 5,000 threes in the dark to become great. Because greatness is developed in, ready? In the dark. In anonymous times. When no one's watching. Because the true definition of greatness is who are you really when no one's watching? Who are you really when you don't have Instagram? Who are you really when we're not looking at your highlights? Because that's the thing with Sports Center, right? It's just highlights. You condense a three hour game into 30 seconds. And we're thinking that was it. <laughs> that's greatness. No, greatness is developed over time, not overnight. There's a crisis of masculinity where we're more driven by insecurities than we are actually driven by the things that matter. Insecurity is an interesting thing because insecurity will make you really loud or really quiet. Some of the most insecure dudes are really, really loud. And some go the other way. They just shut down. So there's a crisis. And, and it's interesting because depending on your personality, you, 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 you respond different to this crisis. It's not just a woke movement. I'm, not getting, I'm talking about the insecurity that leads to unnecessary arguments. Like some of us, our marriage is in trouble because we're insecure. Like you know you're starting to understand greatness when you can point the finger at yourself and say, I'm the problem here. Some of us, our kids are suffering because of our own insecurities. And insecurities, man, it makes you do really weird things. Because you want to prove yourself. Or you feel like you're never enough. So you find yourself in this weird spectrum of, I got to keep proving myself. And there's many ways to prove yourself. Like, I got to make money. That's one way to prove yourself. Right? I got to have more followers. That's another way to prove yourself. I got more girls. That's another way to prove yourself. There's many ways to try to prove yourself. And then there's the ones who just, like, just completely give up. Says, I'm not even going to try. So we got this crisis in our hand, my friends, and it leads us to these really bad choices. I want to propose to you today the crisis of masculinity comes down to this understanding of greatness. Because here's the thing why we were created to live great lives. But when we're not in tune with the goat himself, then our understanding of greatness is actually small living. The mistakes we make is not because we live in great lives, it's actually because we live in small lives. Because our understanding of greatness is distorted, which leads to really small living. Why are dudes addicted? Small living. Small living leads to addiction. 
porn addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. It's all about small living. But because we're distorted, we're thinking, I got there because I was pursuing greatness. No, you didn't. You got there because you had the wrong idea of greatness. You got the wrong idea. Like, why do dudes have affairs, small living? Why do dudes have kids, but now they're not fathers? Small living. Wrong idea of what greatness actually is. We get in trouble, please get me, when we think too small. Sometimes you hear dudes telling you their plans. It sounds really big, but it's really small. It sounds amazing on paper, but then when you understand the definition of greatness, you're like, that's actually small, man. Dream bigger. Get in tune with the goat who helps you to redefine what greatness actually means because he wants you to pursue greatness. He never rebuked them for greatness. He just said, let's redefine what you mean by that. Let's redefine your actual idea of what greatness actually is. And he brings a kid to display that. Jesus is just a brilliant teacher. Why a kid, right? Because, because a kid is not too smart for his own good. <laughs> right? And like a, a kid is not too smart for his own good. In other words, a kid does not know, does not know what false humility is. You learn that over time. You don't know that when you're a kid. You don't know what false humility is. <laughs> you just have it. Like, there's this amazing confidence with kids. Like, that Jesus is like, look, unhindered, chilling. <laughs> you want to be great? <laughs> see the little guy over here? See how, see how he trusts? See how a kid trusts? See how a kid is free? When you're free, you don't have to tell me you're free. What do people, most people try to tell you every day? Look at how free I am. It's like, you know you ain't. You wouldn't tell me. I would just see it. It would be displayed. Your freedom would be unhindered. They redefine what greatness actually is. Because you're in the presence of the goat. No greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. Greatness. So he says, he says, listen, he says, my father who sent me, whoever understands that, whoever is the least among you is the goat. <laughs> I don't know if you'll get this. Some of you will. Everybody wants to be Michael Jordan. But man, we need Pippins. We already have MJ. We need Pippins. For the younger generation, we need Robins. We got Batman.
Imagine you approach your family as Pippin, not as MJ. People forget that MJ didn't win a championship for seven years. He was a great scorer, not a champion. That will preach. A lot of people are great scorers, but they're not champions because they don't play a team game. In other words, you could be killing it and everything else around you is dying. Because you're thinking about it as an MJ and you've never been called to be MJ, you're called to be the one that plays alongside MJ. That doesn't preach anymore because everybody wants to be number one. But you can't have two number ones that make 11. <laughs> the great theologian Ricky Bobby told us that. <laughs> Here's my challenge for you, for me too. Known or unknown, you need to be great. Known or unknown, you need to be great with the right definition of greatness. So I leave you with what I think is the right definition of greatness. According to Pastor Tony Evans, he said, greatness is maximizing your potential for the glory of God and the good of others. Greatness is maximizing your potential for the glory of God and the good of others. So he said, I don't mind you being great, just have the right definition of it. So pursue true greatness because your family needs your greatness. Because your kids need your greatness. Because your church needs your greatness. Pursue true greatness and will bless more than you. It will bless everything you touch around you. Pursue true greatness and you will have multiple championships. Because I don't know how you count your championships, but I got five at home. Not one, not two, not three. I'm the, I'm the LeBron of kids. Pursue true greatness and be your wife's MVP. That's true greatness. Pursue true greatness, man, and be the rock, one of them, of this house. When he changed Peter's name, he says, I want to call you a rock, man. No other word for rock is a pillar. We're standing on pillars right now. Yeah. And you know what pillars are so great about? They're immovable. Yeah. Yeah. Be so great that come hell or high water, no one can move you from the presence of God and your family and your church. Because a lot of what we're seeing lately is the opposite of pillars. We're seeing a lot of noodles who just, any little thing, Everybody's favorite word now is I'm offended. Yeah. Offended. 
at home, wife can't talk to you because you're offended. Job offends you. Church offends you. It's like, you're offended at everybody but yourself. You gotta redefine what greatness is. If we're not gonna be easily offended by the things that actually we need to check us. So yeah, pursue greatness. Have the GOAT conversation. Absolutely. But have it in the right perspective. Have it in the right context. And when it's all said and done, the GOAT can say, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Remnant, I hope you like this episode of the podcast. If you haven't yet, I'd ask you to hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple or on Spotify, or if you want to subscribe to our email list, we have a monthly email list that we send out called The Remnant Report. Go to remnantman.com forward slash subscribe. Thank you for listening and God bless The Remnant.